Father, I pray this morning that you would open our eyes to help us to see the kind of church we need to be, that you would open our hearts to apply your words so that we can really, really be the Christians and the church that you are leading us to be. So this morning, help us to understand what it is you're teaching us in Acts chapter 2 and help us to apply it so we can be your church operating the way that you want us to operate. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I really love movies. I love going to the movies. I love going uh, to the movie theater. I love talking about movies. But there, there's, there's nothing quite like going to a movie theater, right? Going to see a movie in a theater. Kenzie and I went and saw a movie last week in the theater. And, uh, and it's just good to be back in the theater. Like, you know, like it's not the same as watching it at home. Um, I, some, some people really like watching movies at home and streaming uh, movies, uh, and that's a great option, but there's just nothing quite like going and sitting in a movie theater. Like something like a big, way oversized bag of popcorn, like especially when they put butter in it, you know? And, uh, and so that's always great, uh, especially I love popcorn. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, so there's nothing like an oversized bag of popcorn and then a recliner that you get to sit in and, and some obnoxiously sized screen. Like there's absurdly huge screen to watch a movie on. I mean, there's nothing quite like that experience. And I, I'm a big fan of movies that you have to think through, like, uh, like Christopher Nolan movies, like Inception. Like I like movies that you, they require you to think. But, but at the same time, I really enjoy a movie that I can just sit and watch, right? And I can just sit and enjoy. You know, like a Disney movie, Pixar movie. Uh, Marvel movies a lot of times, like just movies where I can just sit and get immersed into a world and just enjoy it. I, I, I come to a movie just as a, as a consumer, right? I'm just, there to, I'm just there to enjoy the moment. I'm just there to, to get out of it what I want to get out of it, a moment of rest, a moment of, of eating a lot, way too much popcorn, like a moment of, of enjoying a film. Like I'm there to get out of that moment what I want to get out of the moment. I'm not there uh, worried that something is going to be asked of me, right? I'm not there taking notes thinking that there's going to be an exam at the end, right? In order to leave, I've got to pass the test. I'm not there knowing that, that uh, I need to go babysit some kids right after so their parents can go watch a movie, right? I, I know that there is nothing that's going to be asked of me. I'm just going to enjoy the moment as a consumer. My fear is, is that a lot of us approach church the same way that we approach movies. Now, we walk into church, we, walk, we, we look at the gathering of believers, and we approach it as consumers. And we approach it with the question, what can I get out of this? How, how can I be fed? Is this what I like? Is this, is this an entertaining for me? What, what can I get out of this experience? And so when we come together as a body of believers, each of us are coming together with a consumer mentality that says, what am I getting out of it? And that's how we approach gathering. But the early church, when the Holy Spirit came and the church was born, it expanded rapidly. We saw in verse 41, 3,000 souls were added in one day when Peter proclaimed this message. Right? The, 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 the crowd that heard the message that Peter proclaimed, the, the crowd that saw the Holy Spirit coming and were, were brokenhearted because they realized they had the wrong view of Jesus, that crowd turned uh, their lives around. That crowd repented and believed in Jesus, and 3,000 people were added to the church in one day. And so the moment the church was born, it rapidly expanded. It rapidly grew. And, and that church in Jerusalem, that church that started to gather, was not a church that was set up for each of those members to be consumers. It was not a church that, that was set up for each of the members to come and get something out of it. It wasn't a church that was set up with staff 
and ministries that take the burden off the regular members. It wasn't a church that was set up for you to come in and just be entertained or you to come in and just enjoy it, you to come in and check a box. It was a church full of people who had been radically impacted by the gospel. It was a church full of people who have had their whole lives changed. And so the whole way they approached life, the whole way they view the world was radically changed in a moment because they believed in Jesus and that united them as they came together. So it wasn't a church of consumers. It was a church of people with a ministry mindset. It was a church of people that, that came together for ministry. They came together for a reason. They came together for a purpose every time that they gathered. And just like the early church, ministry needs to mark your membership. Just like the early church, ministry needs to mark every single one of our members. Not consumer, not a consumer mentality, not a, not a mentality that says, what can I get out of it? How can I be fed? How can I be filled? But a ministry mindset that asks, how can I serve? What can I do for the body of Christ? Where am I needed? So what does it look like to have a ministry mindset? Well, we see in this text four distinct aspects of a ministry mindset. Four things that someone with a ministry mindset does as a member of a church. The first thing we're going to see is that someone with a, member, uh, with, a, with a ministry mindset learns the word of God. Someone with a ministry mindset learns the word of God. Look with me in verse 42. The disciples voted, uh, the, the, these Christians, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Look with me in verse 43. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So there's this, this beautiful illustration that, that, of what's happening there in the early church, where all these miracles are taking place. And we're going to see in future chapters just what some of these miracles look like. What, 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 what are some samples, some, some examples of some miracles that are taking place there in the early church? But, but there are these great miracles, these great signs and wonders that are taking place in the early church, but I don't want to be—I uh, don't want to be broad here, right? Because the scriptures don't say many signs and wonders were taking place. The scriptures don't say that that miracles were commonplace. What does it say? Signs and wonders were being done at the hands of the apostles. And that last part is important. That last part will help us understand exactly what Luke means by including that that illustration. Because what you can say, or what you could do, is you could take that out and say, see, a church that is, like, to be the church that God has called us to be, we need to be doing miracles. We need to have many signs and wonders appearing. Because if God is moving in our midst, we're going to have all these wonderful miracles, we're going to have all these wonderful signs uh, that are, that are going to happen, because that's what happened in the early church. But that's not, what, that's not what Luke is saying in Acts. What he's saying is that miracles and signs and wonders are being done by the hands of the apostles, and that's important. Because the apostles were the ones who were communicating the truth about who God is and what the church is supposed to do. The apostles were the ones teaching the church what it means to follow Jesus. And so what's happening is God is confirming the message of the apostles. God is saying their message is true. I'm on their side. Listen to them. So many wonders and signs were being done at the hands of the apostles. And so the, the disciples, these new Christians, when they gathered, they wanted to learn the word of God. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
We just saw this uh, uh, last week in Peter's sermon. In Peter's sermon, he mentions that Jesus was testified about, was confirmed to the Jews by the miracles that were performed. And what Peter said uh, in his sermon is the fact that Jesus was performing these miracles was evidence, it should have been evidence to you that God was on his side, that what he was saying was true, that he really was the Messiah, he really was the Son of God. In the same way, these miracles at the hands of the apostles were evidence, were signs, were proof that what they were teaching really was God's commands, really was the teaching about God uh, that, that God wanted to communicate. It, re- it showed that it really was true. God was confirming and affirming the message of the apostles. So when the church gathered, they gathered to learn. They wanted to know what they they needed to be like as a church. They wanted to know what they needed to do, what what the future looked like for them as Christians. They they wanted to know what it looked like to follow God, and so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We mentioned this in our last sermon series, but but the, the Bible is this incredible, incredible revelation of God to us. There's a special revelation of God to us where he reveals to us who he is. He reveals to us his plan. He didn't have to do any of that, but God, the creator of all things, revealed himself and his plans for mankind to us in his word. And he revealed it to us through the prophets in the Old Testament and the apostles in the New Testament. And so he has communicated to us exactly what he wanted to communicate. Exactly what it lo- what what what's required of us. He he has communicated us uh, to us where we're going, what we need to be like, what we need to look like, what it means to be the church of God. He's communicated all of that to us in Scripture from the prophets and from the apostles. So a church that is ministry minded, Christians who are ministry minded, want to study the Word of God. They want to open it. They want to read it. They want to know exactly what it is God is calling for the church to be. They want to know exactly what God is calling the church to do. They want to know exactly where we're headed as a body of believers and what God expects of us, what God wants of us. So a church of members who come in with a mindset for ministry is a church where the members want to learn the word of God, study the word of God together. Think of a, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. This brand new CEO comes in and all the, has all these incredible ideas about how to take the, the company forward. And there's a lot of fanfare about her coming in. There's a lot of excitement uh, about this, uh, this CEO coming in. And so, uh, and so people are on board. They're like, yes, we like this future that she's, that she's proclaiming. We, we, we want to go where she's taking us. And so there's excitement. And so she writes a memo and, and some other resources and sends it out to every, every employee of the Fortune 500 company. And everyone's saying, yes, this is great. I love the future. I love the bits and pieces that I've heard. But imagine that not a single employee reads the memo or engages in any of the resources and materials. What you end up with is a company that's excited to get somewhere but isn't going to get anywhere. You end up with a, a company that affirms verbally that they want to go to the future that this, that this CEO is, is talking about this, the future that the CEO has laid out for them, but, but is not going to get anywhere because they haven't read the, the, the memo. They, ha- they, they haven't looked at what the CEO dictated as how to get there. In the same way, a church 
of consumers, a church of people who are not interested in learning and applying the word of God, is a church of people who will affirm verbally that they want to go where God is calling them to go. A church that will affirm verbally that they want to head in the direction that God is calling them to head, but will not read and engage in the material that God has given them to get there. They will not be challenged by the word of God. They will not allow God's word to deeply impact everything about them. And so they'll affirm, yes, I love the future that this Jesus is talking about. I, I love the future that the pastor brings up, but, but we're not getting anywhere. We're not learning the word of God and allowing it to change and shape everything about us. A church that is, is ministry-minded, members who are ministry-minded are members who want to engage the word of God together. Because if you're consumer-minded, if, if you have this consumer mindset in how you approach church, then you're not going to be interested or you're not going to care what's preached or what's proclaimed. Or even worse, you may sit there and you may listen to it, you may enjoy it, but you may never apply it. Because you're there to check the box of coming on a Sunday morning and hearing the talk, maybe affirming or agreeing or disagreeing with it, but you're not really there to apply it. <laughs> you're not there to really allow it to impact everything about you. Or you may come and you may listen to it, you may learn it, you may even apply it, but, but you have no interest in, in being the part of a community of believers and allowing the whole community to apply it. And so you, you, view, you view this moment, this time in the Word, as a purely individual act where you get filled, where you get poured into you, where you learn, and you get to leave, and it's just been about you. And it's just, that's a consumer mindset. And so you've never once thought about the idea that there's a whole church of people and that we're proclaiming the truth of God's word so that we collectively as a body will, will, will learn it and apply it. A consumer mindset makes it all about me. So I either won't learn the word of God or I'll learn it, but just for me. And I won't want to engage it and apply it as a church. But someone with a ministry mindset is someone who wants to engage the word of God as a body. Wants to learn God's word together so that we as a body of believers will conform into the image of Jesus. When I was in high school, uh, just old enough to drive, I met a group of, of Christians every Monday night at Whataburger. And we would meet uh, from 8 to 10. We would, uh, we would sit down. And we would just talk about the Bible. There were, there were about four or five of us who would meet pretty regularly. And we would just talk about what we were learning. We would talk about the things that we saw in Scripture. We would talk about some difficult biblical questions, some, some ideas that we had. Uh, and at the end of the day, we didn't have a ton of answers. Right? We would ask difficult questions, and we didn't have a ton of really good theological answers. But we would discuss it, and we'd talk about it, and we'd come to a, a closer and better understanding of God's word because we were communicating it together. So there's something really good about going and reading the word of God every day on your own, having that time in the word, but there's something better about engaging the word of God together as a community of believers and having those conversations of, hey, what are you learning? How can we, how can we best think about the word of God together? And that's what we were doing every Monday night is just engage. And, and there, were, there were times where we came to answers that I would look back on and say that wasn't, uh, that wasn't well-founded enough, right? I would, I would tweak that. But we were engaging together, so the answers that we came to were closer to the truth of who God is and what he was teaching. So members 
who have a ministry mindset are people who want to engage the Word of God together. They want to learn God's Word and apply it as a church. The second thing that Christians with a, a ministry mindset will do is that they will use their resources as a tool. Look with me in verse 42 again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And look with me in verse 44. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So the word fellowship there in verse 42 is the word koinonia in the Greek. Uh, and a lot of times when we talk about fellowship, when we talk about uh, even the, that word koinonia, what we usually talk about is just being together. It's just it's just gathering together and enjoying time together. But, but the word koinonia is much deeper than that. It's much richer than that. It's, re- it's not really this surface level uh, time with each other. It's not really this, this, this uh, fellowship in the way that we usually talk about fellowship. What koinonia means is this unique oneness, this unique unity that, has, that, that, uh, that this community embodies. And there's a unique relationship that everybody has with each other. And then Luke goes on to explain exactly what that koinonia means, exactly what that, that unique unity and unique fellowship looks like. And it looked like every member sharing their resources with each other. It looked like members holding their resources with an open hand and, and, and leveraging those resources as a tool for fellow believers. So specifically, it looked like believers seeing needs in the community of Christians and meeting those needs with their resources. It looked like those Christians opening their eyes and seeing the needs of the people around them and then meeting those needs if they had the capability to do so. Someone who is ministry-minded is someone who views their resources as a tool and not an achievement. And somebody who views their stuff, who views their money, who views their resources as, as something they can leverage for the kingdom of God and not something to be acquired, not something to be hoarded. I mean, we think uh, uh, the way that we're taught about money, the way that we're taught to think about money is, is a way to leverage money for our own gain. Right? We're taught to, to invest, to let our money work for us so that we leverage our money to make more money. We are taught to, to save so that we have, we, ha- we have money for ourselves, that we're able to leverage our money for, for future uncertainties uh, and, and help us out and, 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 and rescue us from any problems we may face in the future. So we're taught to think about money as a way to leverage it as a tool for us. But someone who is ministry-minded broadens that horizon a little bit. And doesn't view their resources as something to be achieved, doesn't view it as something to be earned, doesn't view it as something to be gained and hoarded and, and, and to profit off of, but use their resources as a tool for the kingdom of God. There's nothing wrong with investing. There's nothing wrong with saving. There's nothing wrong with buying nice things. And a, a misconception about this text, if you read it, there, there are people that will say, see, the early church practiced socialism. Uh, and they'll say, see, so Christians need to be socialists. Because look, I mean, look at the early church. They had all things in common. They were selling their stuff. And they, they, they're socialists. That's, so, that's socialism. That was the idea. Um, but that's a very uh, inaccurate way to depict what's going on here. Because what's happening is not that they were selling everything and distributing 
everything that they had evenly among Christians. What hap- what's happening is that every believer was evaluating the things that they had, and when they saw a need, they figured out that they had the capability to meet that need. They looked at their stuff and realized, I might have excess, and when someone had a need, they got rid of their excess to give to the person who had a need. They've used their resources as a tool. Someone who is ministry-minded is someone who will use their resources as a tool. Someone who is consumer-minded won't begin to think about that. Someone who has a consumer mindset is someone who, who our culture would idolize. It's someone who our culture would say is doing things right. It's someone who, who our culture would say is succeeding because it's someone who is building up wealth for themselves. It's someone who is, who is leveraging their resources to build up wealth and resources for themselves. And when we come from an area that has a lot of money, when we live in an area that has a lot of money, when we live in a, a country that has a lot of money, we are, we are taught to embody this idea of just grow resources, just get resources. It's an achievement. It's a goal. It's something to receive, something to, to bra- brag about, something to be proud of is how much money we have, our savings and our investments. We are taught to think of resources as an achievement. And someone with a consumer mindset, as a church, then when they come together, as a body of believers, they don't lose that. <laughs> they just see money as a resource. Uh, see money as, a, as a, an achievement and a goal. But someone who is ministry-minded is going to realize that everything that we own has been given to us by God. That everything that we have has purely been given to us by God. And we need to leverage those things, leverage those resources to have an eternal impact. So if there's someone who has a need in the body of Christ, then we need to see if we can meet that need. And if we can, then we need to meet the need. We need to hold everything that we have with an open hand. So imagine what's going on here uh, with the early church. This is, th- some of these people are, are leveraging what they have in a way that's painful. This isn't people that have a, a bank account that's really huge, and so they're just kind of giving out of the really big bank account. These are people who are selling their property. And these are people who are evaluating 100% of their resources, and they're saying, hey, I have too much land. I can sell it and meet that need. Or, hey, I have some stocks. I can sell those and meet that need. Like It's people that are leveraging what they would have been leveraging for themselves and leveraging it as a tool for the kingdom of God. Members who have a ministry mindset are people who use their resources as a tool for the kingdom of God. I want to be really clear. I'm not talking about just tithing more. And this, is not a, this is not a passionate appeal for more money from you. This is a way of thinking about your resources. Not as a way to, to acquire them, not as something to be achieved, not as a goal, but a way to think of your resources with an open hand that says these are tools for the kingdom of God. And so I want to see needs and meet needs with the resources that God has given me. This church, in my interactions with you guys and in my conversations with people, this church is really good about wanting to meet people's needs. There's a, there's a general sense that, that if there's a need, like we, are, we are more than happy to meet it. That We are, we are more than happy to go out and to, to meet whatever those needs are. But what this church is not good at is seeing the needs. And someone who uses their resources as a tool, someone who who leverages what they have for the kingdom of God is not just someone who's ready and willing to to meet needs, but someone who is actively looking for needs to meet. Someone who knows the church well enough to know if there are people who desperately need our resources. Someone Someone who knows the community well enough, who knows that we can leverage our resources for an eternal impact. 
So we need to be a church of people who are looking for needs and want to leverage our resources to meet those needs. Because that's a church with a ministry mindset. Number three, a, a, a church of members who have a ministry mindset is a church of members who prioritize community. Church of people who prioritize community. Look with me in verse 42 again. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And then again in verse 46. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. This is the people who prioritize community. This, this is the fellowship that we usually talk about when we talk about koinonia. It's a, it's a different phrase. Right? The, the, the koinonia is that oneness, that unity, that willingness to leverage what we have for each other. But this breaking of bread, that is the fellowship. That is just gathering. And this is the people that prioritize gathering as a body of believers. We see in this text and, and in others that this is a people that prioritized worshiping together. But this is also people that just prioritize being together. This, this breaking of bread in verse uh, 42, uh, more, more than likely it's just a meal. It's, it, more than likely it doesn't have a, the, the significance of the Lord's Supper based on the text. This is just a meal with other Christians. And this is people who day by day, attending the temple together, they broke bread in their homes. They just, they just ate together. They had meals together. They enjoyed being with one another. They were friends as a church, a, a church of people who are ministry-minded, as people who prioritize community with one another. And, and notice the term there, prioritize. Because it's people who, who genuinely seek out and genuinely want to engage in community with other believers. It's people who, who prioritize the gathering of the body in worship. And that looks like just coming on Sunday mornings and engaging and prioritizing the act of being here. We, we live in a, a culture that, that loves Sunday sports and loves uh, Sunday activities and Wednesday activities. And, and there's, I, I want to be clear, there's nothing wrong with missing a Sunday if you need to go on vacation or for a job or for sport. Like, there's nothing wrong. This is not a legalistic standard that says you're a better Christian if you come on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or any time the doors are open. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the favor of God, the end, no matter how many times you come on Sunday. But a, a, a Christian with a ministry mindset prioritizes gathering as a body of believers. And so that means maybe not putting your kid on a, on a, on a sports team that, that plays every Sunday and Wednesday. It means prioritizing gathering as a body of believers, knowing that what we do here is important. What we do here matters as Christians. And we want to engage with one another, knowing that, that we don't have anything in common with the rest of the world. And we have, we have cultural ideas that are the same. We, have, we, have some, some, we may have a lot of kind of physical qualities in common, but in terms of who we are, at the base of who we are as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we don't have that in common the people outside of these walls. And that's what's most important, is a community with other people who have that in common. There's a community of other people who will push us to look more like Jesus, a community of other people who will, who will push us to be better followers of Christ. So they prioritize that community. Someone who is consumer-minded does not make this a priority. 
Someone who's consumer-minded will come and go as they please. Or it's someone who will come here, and they might come every week and check off the box to be here every week, but make no attempt to be friends with the people who are here. Make no attempt to meet the people who are here. When I go to a movie, I don't try to meet the people around me at the movie. Like, I'm not, I'm not greeting everybody around me who's watching this film. They think I was weird. But we as a Christian, we as believers who prioritize community want to plug in, want to meet each other, want to become part of this family of faith that we have. So we prioritize community, not just the act of gathering, but the act of really being together. And it's more than just meeting on Sunday mornings. It's, It's being friends. It's going to get meals together. It's going to have conversations together. That's someone who is a ministry mind, is someone who prioritizes that community. Back in Houston, the church I was at last, we were uh, every, every, twice a month on Saturday mornings, the, the men of the church, uh, a, a large group of men at the church, would meet together uh, around 6.30 or 7 a.m. At, at, uh, at Golden Corral. Why Golden Corral? I have no idea. But they met twice a month, uh, Saturday morning, early morning, at Golden Corral, and they just met. They just ate together and, and talked. They shared stories. They, uh, they, they told jokes. They sometimes opened up the Bible and talked about it, uh, what they were reading. But they just, they just enjoyed life together. And they just enjoyed that time of community. That's people who prioritize community. Those are, those are people who, who go out of their way to have relationships with other people in the church and go out of their way to engage in community as believers. A church, people who are ministry-minded, the church of people who will prioritize community with each other. So it's a church of people who will learn the word of God. It's a church of people who will use their resources as a tool. It's a church of people who will prioritize community. Lastly, it's a church of people who will engage in prayer together. Look with me in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the prayers. We can see again in verse 47, praising God, having favor with all the people. So I don't want to conflate verse 47 and say that they're praising God was them uh, saying their prayers. But what, but what we see in verse 47 is this general attitude that God is moving among them. Right? It's this general attitude that God is moving in their midst. That when they're gathering together just for, just for meals, they can see that God is moving, that God is with them, that God is, God is acting through his church. There's this general sense that God is on the move through them. And so when they come together, when they gather as a body of believers, they engage in prayer together. And a church of people who are ministry-minded are people who are going to want to pray together and to lift up their prayers to God as one body, as a church. Because if we're a church that that does not pray, then we're not a church that's ministry-minded. If we're a church that does not saturate everything that we do and prayer to God, then we are nothing more than just a nonprofit organization. Like we're a church of people who, who think we can do it on our own. A church of people who will, who will only ever accomplish what we can do in our own abilities. And that is worthless when it comes to things that matter forever. So a church of people who do not pray together as a body of Christ is a church of people who do not have a ministry mindset. A church of consumers has no reason to pray. If we have a consumer mindset when it comes to church, then we have absolutely no reason to go to the Lord in prayer as a, as a group of believers. Like if I come to church, I drop my kids off at, 
uh, in the back, and I, I sit down, and I just, I'm there for me. I'm there to see what I can get out of it. I'm there to see what I get filled. And then I, I get that, and then I walk out, and I'm, I'm done. And there's no point in there where I need to pray. There's no moment in that whole situ- the whole situation, that whole moment where I need to go to the Lord in prayer. And that's way too common for us as a church. That's way too common for us as Christians to show up at church and to get what I want out of it and to leave through those doors and never have a moment in there where I am confronted with the Word of God. Never have a moment in there when I am confronted with God, God's needs for my community. Where I never have a moment where I am confronted with my desperate need to go to the Lord in prayer. And so we come to church and then we leave through those doors and we never once go to the Lord in prayer because we don't feel the need to. That's a consumer mindset. Because someone with a ministry mindset feels the need to engage with one another in prayer. Like if I have a ministry mindset, then I'm going to encounter the spiritual needs of the church. I'm going to see the hurt and the brokenness of the church and the people around me. I'm going to see the hurt and the brokenness in my own life. And we're going to be forced onto our knees to go to the Lord in prayer and beg Him to change us. We're going to see the needs of the community around us. We're going to see the spiritual brokenness and the lostness of the people that we interact with every single day. And we will be driven to our knees asking God to use us, to move through us in our community, to see people come to know Jesus. If we're ministry-minded people, we're going to come together knowing that the unity of the church requires the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to go up to the Lord in prayer and and ask Him to keep us unified, ask Him to keep us moving in the same direction. We need to go to the Lord in prayer if we're a ministry-minded church. And we will encounter those needs every single week. And we will go to the Lord in prayer because we know that we need to if we have a ministry mindset. When we encounter all of these these different things in our lives, when we really, really put on spiritual goggles, we begin to to see that the things that matter are the things that are going to matter forever. So the things that are going to matter forever are going to have to be the things that God does through us. So we go to the Lord in prayer as a body of believers. Someone with a ministry mindset engages in prayer with other believers. And if we're not engaging in prayer in other believers, then that is a telltale sign that we have a consumer mindset when we come to church. If we can go about our business as a body of Christ, if we can go about our business as a faith family and never once feel the need to engage in God in prayer, then we are going about our business as a consumer and not with a mindset of ministry. But someone with a ministry mindset will learn the word of God when we gather. And not just learn it, but they'll apply it. And not just apply it to themselves, but they'll seek to apply it together as a body of Christ. So we'll talk about God's word together. We'll discuss God's word together. We'll apply God's word together. So we as a whole church will begin to look more like Jesus. Some with a ministry mindset will use their resources as a tool. They'll leverage whatever it is that God has given them. They'll, they'll view their resources as something that God has given them to help to have an eternal impact. Something that can have an an eternal impact on the kingdom of God. And so they'll leverage their resources as a tool to meet the needs of the church, to meet the needs of people outside those doors. Someone with a ministry mindset. Someone who who will prioritize community. Who will seek to gather together as a body of believers, to have friends, to be with one another. And someone with a ministry mindset is someone who will engage in prayer with other believers. 
and go to the Lord in prayer for the church, for themselves, and for the community. What we see in verse 47 is that a church that does these things, a church with a ministry mindset, gives themselves a platform for the gospel. They're praising God, and they have favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Now notice that I didn't mention evangelism in this passage. Because this passage is about the gathering of believers, what that, what that needs to look like, the gathering of believers. So it's not, it's not a passage about evangelism. But if you know me, you know that I, I know that we need to be a church that reaches lost people with the gospel. We need to be a church that goes out and evangelizes. We need to be a church that takes the gospel out of those doors. And when we gather as a ministry-minded people of God, that serves as a platform for us reaching people with the gospel. Here's what's happening. In, those, in, the, in the early church, the Christians would go out and they would carry this message of the gospel out to their friends, out to their neighbors, out to their family members. They would go take them the message of the gospel. They'd say, this is what Jesus has done. This is what Jesus offers you. And they would go proclaim the message of the gospel. And that friend would realize just how different the community of believers are. They would realize that the way that they treat each other is unlike anybody else in the world, that they really treat each other with love that they really treat each other with care, that, they, that their, their community is different, that they have been deeply impacted by this gospel message, and that serves as a platform for this evangelistic encounter. And so when that person brings the gospel to their friend, that friend sees the way the church acts with one another and realizes that there's, there's something real here, that, that there is something to this message, if it's been able to have that kind of impact on the church. And so it serves as a platform for the message of the gospel, when they go carry out the message of the gospel, that God keeps bringing in people day by day by day who are being saved at the church. So when we act as a church with a ministry mindset, when we stop acting like consumers and start, start coming to church and gathering as believers with a ministry mindset, we will platform our evangelism. It will give us an opportunity to proclaim the gospel and for people to say, that makes sense. Because the way that you act as a church shows that it makes sense. The way that you Christians care about each other shows that it makes sense. The way that you Christians give and love one another proves that it makes sense. So when we act with a ministry mindset, it serves as a platform for evangelism. Church, how are we doing? How, how are we doing with our ministry mindset? Just you as an individual, how are you doing in these four areas when we approach the church? Do you come in with a, a consumer mindset when it comes to time in the word? Do you come in with a consumer mindset when it comes with your resources or community together or prayer? Or do you come in with a ministry mindset? Because if we're going to be the church that God has called us to be, we need to be a church of believers who come in with a ministry mindset. And I can tell you... Uh, the fact that we haven't baptized someone in who knows how long means we're not taking the gospel out through those doors. But that also would tell me that we're not doing a great job of platforming our ministry. We're not doing a great job of platforming our message of the gospel. Because if we're a church of ministry-minded people, then we will be launched out of those doors with the message of the gospel. And we will impact our community. When, the, when ministry is our mindset, then our city will encounter our message. So how are you doing? This morning we have an opportunity to respond in prayer. 
right? An opportunity as we sing to go to the Lord in prayer and ask him how we're doing. Ask him to show us the areas in our life where we're approaching the church as consumers and not with a ministry mindset. Where we are approaching the church with, uh, with wanting to, what, to see what we can get out of it instead of approaching the church with wondering what God can do through us. So we're going to take a moment, we're going to pray. Don't get up and sing immediately, uh, because that's the thing to do, but get up, uh, but take a moment and search your own heart and see how you're doing in these four areas. And then, and then give over to the Lord the, the, the areas that you fall short. Ask God to spark within you this, this mindset and this passion for ministry. These are not long-time believers who have everything figured out. These are people who became Christians the day before. But they had a passion for ministry because they'd been impacted by the gospel. So give over the areas in your life where you've been a consumer and ask God to spark and stir within you a passion for ministry. And allow that to impact the way that we come together as the church. Some of you here this morning may have no idea what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being part of the church and engaging in ministry because you've never placed your faith in Jesus. And so you're on the outside looking in on this. You're not... You're not part of this faith family. You, don't, you, don't, you probably don't care about the Bible or prayer or any of those things uh, because they've never had a direct impact on your life because you've never placed your faith in Jesus. Well, this morning, as we sing, you have an opportunity this morning to place your faith in Jesus. I'm going to be standing right here. And if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, if you've never become part of the church of God and have had a deep and resounding impact of the gospel on your life. And this morning, I invite you to come just talk to me about what it means to follow Jesus. There's no pressure. There's no worry. There's no fear. This morning, you have the opportunity to go from death to life and to experience what it's like to have the gospel impact you and go and, and become part of the church. So this morning, I invite you to come talk to me as we sing. So do what you need to do as we sing this morning. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your gospel has deeply impacted every single one of us who have, who have placed our faith in Jesus. I thank you that we have gone from death to life, that we have experienced, we have seen the love of God. Father, I pray that any, anyone here who does not know you that would experience that this morning. That anyone here who has never placed their faith in you, anybody here who has never tasted and seen that you are good, anybody here who has never been impacted by the gospel this morning, I pray that this would be the morning that they come to place their faith in Jesus. And this would be the morning that they go from death to life. And God, I pray that we as a church who are full of people who have gone to death to life, we who are a church who are full of people with faith in Jesus would be radically impacted by the gospel and would have ministry as our mindset so that we can be the church that you have called us to be. And we can do the things that you've called us to do. God, we pray you would move mightily in our midst. We pray that you would use us in a crazy way so we can look back five and ten years from now and say that only you could have done this. We love you. We praise you. And it's the precious holy name of Jesus that we pray.